0: It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornchain.
1: Well, everybody, welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornchain. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here at Colorado Springs, and I'm excited that you're tuning in today. We are starting a brand new study One that I believe is going to take us probably several months to get through. Don't be discouraged by that. This is going to be a wonderful study as we look at the radical teachings of Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, mind you, there are a number of them. We have highlighted about 24 of them, and as we were going through just the first few, we already have some three months worth of notes, right? So this is going to take some time to get through these, and as we understand why they were so radical at that time, and yes, even radical today, because, well, it's easy to call ourselves a Christian, but are we willing to accept and follow everything that Jesus taught? I mean, after all, these teachings were almost 2,000 years ago, and yet they are just as radical today, and they're just as important today, and yes, challenging To everything that's in us because it's constantly in conflict with our sin nature. Even the Apostle Paul said, who will save me from this body of death because I don't do what I know I'm supposed to do, and what I do is doing the opposite of what I know that I'm supposed to do. And so I praise God that the Apostle Paul was so transparent in that to remind us that we are constantly needing to submit ourselves to the lordship of jesus christ that he reigns supreme in our lives and yes even over how we think and how we operate and move and how we serve in this world today so to help me in this wonderful new series on the radical teachings of jesus christ our lord dr steve ford is back in the studio with me dr ford welcome back to engage in truth
0: Thank you, John. This is just going to be another fantastic show. You and I have been discussing this topic for quite some time. That's right. And uh, just even how it's impacted our own lives going through Scripture. And wait, did did Jesus just really say what I think he said? (laughs) And and the implications of that. And like you said, they are timeless because they go contrary to our human nature. That's right. He's calling us to do things that we can only do through the power of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah. and, And it is amazing just what we see going on in the world today that we used to call it common sense right that you know when you were driving down the road you let somebody in front of you when they turn their turn signal on just you know just even opening the door for someone and and being respectful to those in authority i mean these things used to be taught in the homes they used to be commonplace within culture society and we've even talked about the greatest generations of old and i know my daughter in her 20s has seen it. She sees this permeating, debased mind that has elevated within our culture the selfishness that is going on today. She's gone into public restrooms and seen the heinousness of it all, the gross, <laughs> the, the, the disgusting display of humanity of just throwing your trash on the ground, not putting shopping carts away. I mean, cutting people off on the road, saying horrible things out their windows. She's seeing it. She's feeling the tension in our culture of wondering, what has happened in our society? Is this really the era of Romans chapter 1 where the Lord is turning us over to a debased mind, and we're seeing the selfishness just permeating from every possible means? And and just—I mean, even, the you know, we see parents struggling with how to discipline their children, and— how far do they go? Do they do they use instruments of discipline or not, or do they just try to talk them down uh, to behaving themselves in a, in a place of, of retail or in a restaurant and so forth? And we're just seeing it all over the place If just the uh, immorality running amok, and and this what used to be called common sense isn't so common after all. There seems to be a lack of adhering to the word of God and morality is seemingly far from us. It's now immorality that seems to be permeating from our uh, every home in America these days. Anyway, that, that might just be a little bit of an extreme, but it feels that way. Yeah. And and so as we talk about the radical teachings of Jesus, what we're going to find is they're really radical today, uh, maybe more so than they ever should have been, because if we had really been applying the Word of God over these past few years, we would not be where we're at. No, we certainly wouldn't be where we need 330,000 laws in America to try to legislate morality uh, and, and the, the heinousness of all of that. So, Dr. Ford, when you brought this up of saying, okay, how about we go into a series and talk about these radical teachings, because we need to get back to the basics. We've lost our moorings as a culture, certainly lost it in the church. It seems to be that we're satisfied if we even show up to church not living it out on the everydayness of life, not not extending respect, honor to our parents. I mean, just getting back to the Ten Commandments basics of honoring God above everything else and, and not stealing and lying and treating our parents with dishonor and all of the things that come up with this. So I, this is going to be a wonderful series, I believe, as we get into this. Let me just highlight just a few of the radical teachings, and then we're going to spend some time in the first two, which I know is going to take us several weeks to do so after you hear what they are, because these are going to be probably familiar to you, the listener. You've heard these things a time or two. You may have just you know considered the words, but not really considered what was behind them, the history, the, the why Jesus spoke the way he did, and addressing the history of it, and how radical it was then, and how radical it is today. So, number one, turn the other cheek. We find that in Matthew chapter five, verses thirty-eight to forty-two, or loving your enemies. Also there, in Matthew five forty-three to forty-seven. How about God or money? You have to choose. You, you can't have both. We see that in Matthew chapter six. How about not worrying about anything, but seeking God instead, not being anxious, not giving in to the fears that can dominate our train of thought, and we see that in Matthew chapter 6. Many are the paths to destruction, but only a few find the narrow way that goes to life. So there's a broad way and there's a narrow way. He talks about that, and he is the only way, the truth and the life. How about you must deny yourself and take up your cross daily? to follow Jesus, or even number seven, that Jesus is above everyone else, even over your own family, that the Lord should reign supreme over everything. And we see that in Luke chapter 14. How about number eight, that there's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, that yes, even at the wedding feast with the lamb, the king's wedding feast, that there will be those who were cast out into outer darkness, radical teaching here. Uh, We see that number nine, that we're to rejoice when we're persecuted because of our allegiance to Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 5. Number 10 is Luke's version of the Beatitudes that we see in Luke 6, verses 20 to 23. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or blessed are you hungry, for you will be satisfied. Or blessed if you are weeping now, for you will soon laugh. I mean, all of these go on and on about this the opposite of how we would respond to a situation in the flesh. Number 11, which is our corresponding to our woes, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be made to be hungry. I mean, over and over in Luke chapter 6 on that. Number 12 is that the world hated Jesus, so we're to expect to be hated likewise as followers of him. Number 13 is that we're to serve the poor, or we could even find ourselves being cast out into that outer darkness that he talked about earlier. And number 14 is that Jesus is the only way to God, John 14, 6. Dr. Ford, you added about 10 more to that. That's right. Which are phenomenal. <laughs> so again, we're going to go through about 24 of these over these next few months, looking at the radical teachings of Jesus that we need so desperately in the world today because it just seems to be slipping off a cliff in the selfishness, the lovers of self, the haters of God, this this self gratification of we want everything now at the expense of tomorrow.
0: Yeah, what we have to realize with these teachings is God is calling us into closer communion, closer intimacy with Himself through these teachings. These are not meant to be you know buzzkills or you know killjoys <laughs> or anything else, or to keep us from having fun or enjoying life. Everything that the Lord asks us to do is for our own benefit. That's right. And to draw us closer into the God who loves us.
1: Amen. Amen. So I've really titled bringing the first two together as we look at the radical teachings of Jesus that, number one, we're to turn the other cheek. When someone Ooh. strikes us, we're to turn the other cheek, oh boy, that goes against everything in our <laughs> Every sin instinct, nature. Right. right. <laughs> your instinct would be to, to defend yourself, to retaliate in some way. And then number two is to love your enemies. Right. Another My one. goodness, these are these are radical, right? Are. So I I've titled this thinking differently. We need to think differently. He's gonna come in and he's gonna transform our minds as we see Paul talk about in Romans chapter 12, that he, he washes, he renews, he gives us a new way of thinking in a world that seems to perpetuate this idea of uh, it's all about you, it's a, your own hierarchy of needs, it's your self-actualization, and everything else revolves around you. We got to think differently. Let me t- take us back some time ago. There was a dialogue between a Christian leader and a Muslim cleric there was this discussion between the differences of Islam and Christianity. And when violence toward oppressors surfaced in the discussion, that's a big one. Now think about that. We have our perceptions about Islam and how they tend to respond and retaliate, even against Israel and against Christians and their own writings. The cleric stated that the difference is simple. Listen to this. Christianity teaches that when you are struck— that you turn the other cheek. However, Islam teaches that when you're struck, you strike back. This is better for you and him. (laughs) That's what they teach, that if someone strikes you and you strike them back, you're putting them in their proper place. But that's not how Christianity teaches at all. Uh, Some might say that's pacifist, but that's not really what the Lord is getting at here. He wants us to think differently, that your very vessel belongs to him that everything that you say and do as an ambassador for Christ should deflect from you and point everybody to Christ. So if you act in an opposite way of sin, people will notice. And Dr. Ford, I remember when I was in construction as a, as a young man, when I was trying to pay for school, and my wife remembers this quite well, because it was long hours away from home, many hours. In fact, we would have days, it was 10-hour work days at times. It was ridiculous. You'd sleep in your truck and then get right back up, get to work, because you had a deadline, and, uh, and I remember going through that experience when I was about ready to leave construction and I was going through seminary, about ready to start a church. Uh, interesting how the Lord worked in this because I didn't find myself feeling like I was being very faithful to the Lord, like really using every moment to teach people and give them the gospel message. With everything I was learning in seminary, I was still quite hesitant to be bold for him, but rather, it was interesting, one gentleman who was on a concrete mixer So the the concrete truck pulls up to my concrete pump, we're talking, he starts opening up wondering what it was about me that was so different, because he noticed that I didn't use foul language. So even in that environment, the salt and light just being different from the culture at large drew him to start asking questions. That led us into a wonderful conversation about the Lord Jesus. I was saddened that I hadn't started that conversation He did because he noticed something was different. And it's amazing how radical that can be by just not being a person given into foul language or into drunkenness or that I pay my bills on time or just things like this that don't seem so radical after all, but how different they are in a culture at large where we're very self-consumed. So here this Muslim, as he's talking to this Christian, immediately points out there is this difference from how we're being taught. So too much of the world's ethic, I think, is number one to strike back. Someone strikes you, you strike back. That seems to be the way we work. Get even. Do unto others as they do to you, right? I mean, many times the justification for retaliation is the ancient law, an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth, right? That's the way it worked. And what we find in this throughout Scripture is there is a power under control. Meekness is not weakness, it's power under control. That God reigns supreme in my vessel, therefore I won't act out as my vessel deems is appropriate in that situation, because it's quite frankly, it's in sin, it thinks like the world, therefore it has to be subdued to a different way of thinking, a different way of behaving. Jesus says, no, to using the eye for an eye as justification for personal revenge. There's a reason why these laws were put in place, and that's what we want to do over these next few weeks is talk about this, because instead he says, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, turn over two garments if sued for one, and give to the one who asks from you, Willingly, willingly, not begrudgingly, not trying to, oh, great, there's my neighbor again wanting to use that tool, and I'm just, it's my tool. I don't want to give out my tool, right? Well, well who gave you the money to buy the tool <laughs> right. in the first place? Who gave you the hand that actually works to be able to use that tool? Who gave you the oxygen to be able to make that hand work to use the tool that God gave you in the first place? It's all gods. It's always been gods. And we've come to that recollection and understanding and revelation of that profound truth it'll fundamentally transform everything in our lives. So let's read it, Matthew 5, 38 to 42. He says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Oh boy, we're all squirming right now. Easier said than done, right, Dr. Ford? I mean, this is like. It really is. I mean, those are. Profound.
0: They yeah. are. Those are hard teachings. And like you said, against our human nature. And as you're going through these various items, and especially the first two, I just thought, how much does my pride play into that as far right. as how I'm going to respond like that? I mean, when I really started to still, it's like, why does this bother me so much? It seems like pride is the common denominator there.
1: Absolutely. And that's the thing he's trying to squelch out of us, right? right? The refiner's fire is going to purge these things from us, the slag that has to be just completely removed. And we're freed by that. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, the, the shackles of the bondage of our sin, the toxins that dominate our way of thinking. And we talk about the crazy cycle that we just keep doing the same things <laughs> right. over and over again, expecting something different. And yet when the refiner seeks to purge this from us, then we fight it. Right. And, and that's, quite frankly, the, the truth. And we see somebody who's addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs, and you try to detoxify them from those addictions, it's amazing how the flesh screams out, will lash out at those whom they say they love. And the persons closest to them will receive the brunt, the full blow of the screaming flesh that is wanting what it's addicted to. And all of us on the outside can see that's not healthy for you. That's not the right way. That's not the best way for you. We see that. And you imagine what the Lord sees in us as he's purging from us our way of thinking that his way is far better. And and it won't make sense in the eyes of men. It won't make sense to go the extra mile, to give up another cloak, another tunic for someone who's taken one uh, or to turn the other cheek. None of this is going to make sense in the eyes of men. And quite frankly, that's the way it should be, right? We'd expect the Bible to give us the antidote, which would be the opposite of the way that we're thinking in this world, right? We're just thinking about getting into our next destination, and the Lord is saying, let's talk about the journey to get to that next destination. Let's talk about what I'm going to do along the road before you even get there, Mm -hmm. and how fantastic that that's going to be. So these verses have been described in many different ways. Uh, they've been described as the hard sayings of Jesus. We call them the radical teachings of Jesus. They've also been described as the most difficult verses in the Bible. <laughs> I'd say amen to that. Or hyperbole. And some have just listed them as impossible. Uh, or even commands for another world. I've heard that one before as well. I mean, Jesus' teaching here is confronting the popular misuse, and yes, even the abuses of the Old Testament law that's known as the law of retaliation. Or in the Latin, the lex talionis, right? A life shall be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, etc., right? There's an even exchange in these environments. And, and first of all, what is the relationship between Jesus' teaching and the Old Testament law of an eye for an eye? We're going to ask those kind of questions. Secondly, what is the contrast between his teaching and that of the Jewish leadership and the populace at large? Because he's talking to that audience, he knows exactly what he's saying, and how it's confronting abuses in their culture, even the Pharisees, how they were abusing these teachings. Reminder to all of us here that they had added over 1,000 laws to God's 613 ordinances, and that list continues to grow even today. That's why he said, you have heard that it was said, and I say to you. So he's giving them a new instruction here, and he's not citing anybody else but his own authority in this. Praise be to God. His authority reigns supreme. And thirdly, what does Jesus require of us? And yes, even of his disciples at that time. It it goes beyond what even we're able to do in the flesh. He's always going to push us beyond what we're capable of. I love that. We've often said that the Lord won't give us more than we can handle, and that is a wrong use (laughs) of Scripture. It will not find that in Scripture. Yeah. He always gives you more than you can handle. There's no way you can do this in the flesh, right? That's the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit that then comes in and does this mighty work, and anything good that comes out of us is to his glory.
0: And I would have to agree with those people who say that it is hyperbole. Aside from the help of the Holy Spirit, it is hyperbole. Right. but with the help of the Holy Spirit, you know, with God, all things are possible. How many times do we read that in Scripture? And that's that's why Jesus talks so much to his disciples about when I'm gone, you're going to, you know, it's going to be great for you because you're going to get the comfort, of you. you're going to get the dunamis, you're going to get the power of the Holy Spirit Amen. to empower you to follow these teachings and to free you from the things that are not of God.
1: Amen. Amen. And, and that if we have to understand that as we look at the Old Testament and we see men constantly in the ebbs and flows of one moment, like Gideon. Right. Where it seems like they are able to be used by God to conquer unbelievable size armies, that I mean, there is no possible way of victory in this aside from the Lord. And then you see Gideon falling away from God yeah. and finishing poorly. Right. When you have this wonderful victory in the Lord, and 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 that happens throughout the Old Testament, we we see the Holy Spirit press in, great victory. And we see where they have rejected the work of the Holy Spirit in him, and it almost seems like the Holy Spirit then leaves them, like Saul, where the, you see the work of the Holy Spirit in him, and then you see where he he pushes away, pushes right. against the work of the Holy Spirit in him. And he's turned over to his own devices, his own debased mind. And yet in the New Testament, by the gift of God to give us himself, to seal the believer, to work these good things through us, so now we can receive this kind of instruction— and acknowledge that in the flesh, I can't do this. Right. But Amen. in the Holy Spirit, I can. And, and it's going to be a sanctification process that the reality is, is am I going to fail in this tomorrow? Probably, yep. yeah. I, I'd say, let's just be <laughs> say, honest there.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: It's, it's going to happen. <laughs> in fact, you could probably do this right for years right. and then find yourself that one moment of weakness. Maybe in the, the devil times this perfectly, doesn't he? We've got a stressful week. You know, we're, we haven't eaten like we should have. Right. Haven't been taking the breaths like we should be. Uh, really spending time in his word. Haven't been praying that week because of the busyness of the moment. Right. And then suddenly somebody says the right thing. It's just the right time. Yeah. And we snap, and <laughs> out comes all the old sin nature. And we're like, I have been with the Lord these many years. How did that just happen?
0: Yeah. And Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's really, you know, that's what really bothers me the most about some of those things. It's like, where did that come from? Is that still in there? What is that doing in there? I didn't think it was in there anymore. Oh, you know, wretched those, man. my yeah, <laughs> Self-revealing moments.
1: That's right. You know, I, you know, even Isaiah, woe is me, a man of unclean words. Right, exactly. I love that. You know, just yep. a reminder that here's a prophet of God. And as he sees the holiness of God revealed before him there, all he can say is, woe is me. Yeah. And it just reminds us that there are, as is, is we just self-examine here, there's none righteous. Mm-hmm. No, not one. We all fall short of the glory of God. But in this sanctification process, as we go through the refiner's fire, we're in the hands of the great potter who's mm-hmm. molding and shaping each of us. As we go through the radical teachings of Jesus, this is no way to discourage us but rather to encourage us that His way is better. We're going to learn His ways, and God willing, by the power of the Holy Spirit here, we're going to learn how to apply it successfully. And if we can just have one day of victory, yep. we celebrate that. The next day, we go back to it again. We've got we've to got suit up, cross, up in the same daily. armor. Yep. 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 Go through the same processes, begin the day in prayer, end the day with prayer, put on the armor of God, protect our mind. We went through all of those details. Yeah. And it's an everyday discipline. And we will fall short time and time again, but praise be to God that as He works His sanctification process, hopefully by that amazing work. Ten years from now, you won't even recognize who you will be because you look back and go, wow, look who I was. Praise be to God for that. Amen. So I I know, Dr. Ford, we're already out of time. I think we got through one page. I think we did (laughs) out of our 24 and just the first two. Uh, But we'll get through these over the next few weeks. And we want you, our listener, to understand that when we examine texts like these, it's important for us to understand the history behind it, why the Lord taught the way he did in so doing and how we can apply it today. So we're going to spend more time talking about turning the other cheek. We'll spend a little more time talking about loving our enemies. The two go hand in hand. Then we'll spend time moving our way through the rest of these radical teachings, and it's going to be a fun and exciting journey. I'm glad Dr. Ford is here with me to do that with you with me, and to give us some guidance and wisdom along the way. We praise God for that. So if you're looking for a church in your area, if maybe you you're just you willing to drive up from Pueblo or wherever you're listening right now, and you're just looking for a church to go deeper in God's Word with others, then come and check us out at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. Our website is calvaryfountain.com, and services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays. But we have gatherings all throughout the week, and we would love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.